rather bleak to Virginia, but she wrote that she understood and wished him well both in his work and in his football pursuits. When I get there, I will be your biggest fan, the letter concluded. I am so proud of you. But Rodney was coming home. Virginia could hardly wait to see her big brother. I wonder what Rodney's like now, her younger sister Francine mused. What do you mean? Virginia responded. I wonder what he's like now. How much he's changed. He's been gone less than a year. I know, but he'll be different. I just know it. University does that to people. Don't be silly, Virginia chided. But a strange little fear twisted somewhere inside. Was it true? Did one really change that quickly when off to university? Had Rodney changed? And if Rodney changed, might Jameson change as well? A little shiver passed through her. She didn't want Rodney to change. She liked him just the way he was. And she certainly didn't want Jameson to change. He was almost perfect, so any change would not be for the better, she was sure. Graduation day started rainy and looked as though it would stay that way. Virginia groaned as she stared out her window. She had been named class valedictorian. Her mother had helped her to sew a new dress. Now the dripping weather threatened to drown all her excitement over the special occasion. Jenny, too, was to have a part in the ceremony. She would be speaking on behalf of the graduating class, summarizing the years spent within the halls of Hugh Carson High. Virginia did hope she would use wisdom in preparing and presenting her speech. Jenny had constantly tormented her on the way to and from school with bits of satire or downright rudeness that she claimed would be a part of her address. Now, as Virginia donned the new dress and carefully combed and pinned up her hair, a queasiness gripped her stomach that she had never felt before. Her hands were moist, her throat dry. She was nervous, out and out nervous. Regrets that Clara would not be at her graduation, or Rodney, or her beloved Jameson quickly vanished. Indeed, she took to wishing that no one would be there, not her parents, her grandparents, her Uncle Luke, or any other member of their small community. Even her concern over the dreary weather was forgotten. She could not remember a single line of her carefully prepared speech. Frantically, she grabbed up the well-fingered note cards for one more perusal. She was sure she would never be able to deliver the address in any kind of coherent fashion. And Jenny? Would she really dare to present some of her outrageous material? Suddenly, Virginia did not care. If Jenny really, really made a scene, perhaps folks would forget that she, Virginia, would have disgraced the family name with her faltering presentation. She bundled up in the coat she had earlier declared she would not wear for fear it would crush her dress and gloomily followed her parents from the safety of her home. I will arrive there dripping wet, she mumbled to herself. My hair will be a sight, my dress all wrinkled, my stockings splashed with dirty rainwater, and my shoes soppy. I will likely catch my death of cold. But none of the dreadful predictions came true. 
thanks to the care of her father, who managed to deliver her in a dry and unwrinkled condition. Her mother reached out to do a last-minute pat of her hair, more because she was a mother than because the hair needed it. We're proud of you, Belinda whispered, and leaned forward to plant a kiss on her forehead. Virginia felt a spark of confidence being reborn. The ceremony proceeded in accordance with their program. Jenny's father had printed up the sheets as his contribution to the community and the special event. The principal included thanks to the local newsman in his opening remarks. Jenny gave her address. It contained some bits of humor, but nothing that brought embarrassment to anyone. Virginia heaved a sigh of relief when it was over, and Jenny cast a glance of victory her way. A group of junior students sang a song dedicated to the graduating.